power. Our LSU. Boom! All night long. Yes. Let's freaking go! What a day to be alive. Bryce Underwood committed to LSU yesterday, and his commitment video released by yours truly has broken records, right? A lot of you were pretty fired up about it. This has been a record-setting PHL weekend, obviously with the Blake Baker news. Um, I don't know if we just got a ton of extra viewers because uh, we kind of sort of uh, reported that that was the direction it was going. Um, but we were close to hitting 1K concurrent viewers that would have been absolutely crazy. I don't know if we're going to hit the 1K tonight, but I don't really care because this weekend couldn't have gone better. LSU basketball beats Texas A&M. LSU women's basketball, Michaela Williams with the cross-up of the century versus Ole Miss. She's going to be on Sports Center Top 10 tonight. Really excited about that. But I want to first off talk about Bryce Underwood. This is a historic recruiting weekend and a historic recruiting get. Now, you know, with all due respects to every single recruit that has ever committed to LSU, he is bigger than all of them. He is, first off, a higher rated prospect than any of them, unless something changes from now until signing day. And this is an out-of-state five-star quarterback that we normally don't get. This is the first out-of-state five-star quarterback that we've landed since Ryan Perilou. So that's 2009. That is a long time ago. And the fact that Joe Sloan and Brian Kelly were able to get it done really shows you um, how big a, a, of a difference their recruiting efforts have been up to this point. So we're going to talk a lot about Bryce Underwood today. Um, and look, normally when I watch a prospect, I'm able to poke all kinds of holes uh, into uh, the, the player, right? And what he needs to do to become better. And honestly, with Underwood, especially a quarterback, when there are a thousand different factors, it's really freaking hard to find holes um, in his game. So this is pretty big. And with Bryce Underwood and Colin Hurley, this will be the most talked about quarterback room we have seen at LSU. Now, we get a nice super chat here from Trey. Nice weekend. There you go. Shout out to Trey and his daughter, both of which are big, big, big fans of the channel. Towboat, what's good, Dex? Good to see you, Corday. Oh, did I, did I say Ryan Perlow? I meant I meant to say Russell Shepard. Uh, both of which I know. I know I know uh, Russell Shepard fairly well. Saw him this week. Uh, saw him earlier this year at a game, and uh, you know the Perlows. I'm close uh, to some of Ryan's family members. So sorry for the mix up there. I think you guys know what I meant by that. But yeah, 2009. Obviously, Russell Shepard, the last out of state five star QB. Now, you know, obviously. A few years ago, we talked about the QB room that had TJ Finley, Max Johnson, Miles Brennan, and company as one of the most loaded QB rooms in LSU history, and none of those guys panned out. So, look, it's very important to understand that things change, circumstances change, 
there are quarterbacks that are currently with LSU that will never start a game uh, at LSU. There will be quarterbacks that transfer. The best man will win the job. Okay. And at this point, it is hard to say who will be the starter after Garrett Nussmeyer leaves. You would like to think it would be Ricky Collins because like Garrett Nussmeyer, he would have spent the most time in the Joe Sloan system. You could see A.J. Swan get some playing time this next season. Heck, you could see Colin Hurley get some playing time uh, this next year, even though that is very unlikely at this point. But Bryce Underwood coming out of high school is better than all of them. And once again, that's coming out of high school. That doesn't mean anything for the next level. But he is something special, and this is a big day. This is a big weekend for LSU football. We are still um, we, and, and of course, like we said, Russell Shepard out of state. There we go. Um, Carter, when do you think BK will hold a press conference and take questions? What do you want to be asked? I'm curious. I'll try my best to answer it. Don Juan, good to see. He wants to talk about the Blake Baker. Scheme. So, uh, for those that don't know, today I cut our normal Sunday night film study from the previous game, which, of course, the previous game was Wisconsin. This was the last full game film study that we're going to do. And I pointed out some things that I would like to see Blake Baker do with the defense next year. And obviously, I pointed out and spent most of the film study talking about Garrett Nussmeyer, where he was simply sensational. Okay, Blake Baker's expectations going into next season is simple. I don't think any one of you LSU fans is asking Blake Baker to come in and turn this into a Marquis Seal, Marcus Spears front or a 2011 Tyron Matthew Morris Claiborne secondary. I don't think anyone is expecting that in year one. We just need something competent. We just need something. We need development. We need better tackling. We just need a defense that can give us something because we know that the offense with Garrett Nussmeyer more than likely will be able to move the football up and down the field. Obviously, there are some big question marks at the wide receiver position, but the truth is, with the way the LSU offensive line played versus Wisconsin, they very well could be the best offensive line next year that we have ever seen at LSU. So it's it's going to be crazy. It's going to be absolutely crazy next year, this offensive line. Does that mean we're going to have a better run game? We'll see. But the truth is, this future for LSU football is really, really, really bright. But what I would tell you defensively with, with Blake is tackling and just doing the basic things correct um, will be very important. Now, I mentioned the film study today because that takes up a full day to do. Uh, I basically started it today, and you guys know how busy this weekend has been for PHL. I haven't been able to really chart a full Blake Baker game, okay? So I was able to watch after the live stream on Friday night, I watched the Georgia game. Okay, so I picked the best team that Missouri played this year, which was Georgia. 
Georgia obviously was a really, really good football team. And the one thing that really stood out to me versus Georgia was how hard Georgia had to work to score their points. Okay. There really wasn't a whole lot of gimmies in that game for the Georgia offense. And there really was only one huge coverage assignment that I saw blown in that game. Now, you got to think, Georgia, you think of them as just this really powerful offense, which they are, but they do a lot of misdirection things. And I really only saw one just blown coverage, and Georgia missed it. And it was later in the game where, ironically, the former Missouri receiver, Lovett, was open over the middle for a touchdown, and they missed him. Um, But this Georgia offense really struggled with running the football on early downs. The Missouri front just dominated Georgia's front for portions of that game. I would say it was probably even the offensive line, defensive line battle. Now, you really have to factor in how impressive that is. This is a Missouri defensive line that lost Makai Wingo, right? They they lost one of the best defensive tackles in America, okay? And that was before Blake Baker took over this defense. And even with that Wingo, Baker was able to get this defensive line playing at a very physical level. And that was very shocking to me how many zero, one, and two-yard runs the Georgia offense had in that game. And then, of course, the secondary for Missouri was really, really, really good. Now, a lot of that featured players that were already there, right? Um, guys that already had their you know feet kind of dug in in Missouri. But I keep going back to this. Rake Straw, who is one of the uh, best corners in the SEC this past year, uh, that was one of the players that Blake Baker retweeted um, uh, when he left was a really good player in Chris Abrams' strain. The other corner was a really good player for them. I just loved watching how sound they were. So I think Blake is going to bring that. We obviously lack um, some some basic fundamentals, and at the very least, he is going to do some of that. And one thing that Missouri did a good job of is setting the edge. We could not set the edge this year for whatever reason, okay? A lot of that is scheme. Some of that is personnel. So I, I'm really, really freaking uh, excited to see what Blake Baker is going to do with the defense next season. So Michael Ray says, what type of defense does Blake run and does our roster suffice? Um, he does actually some things very similar to Matt House in terms of some of his base looks, right? He does like to have a standing edge player, um, at least from the Georgia game that I watched and obviously the LSU game earlier this year. But it is a lot of four-man principles uh, with a three-hand man in the dirt uh, defensive front. But like I said, I've not been able to really dive deep into the weeds uh, with him. But he, 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 he's he's really solid. He's really, really, really solid. Um, you know, I reached out to a few people that I trust when it comes to coaching hires. And one loved it because of the fact that he's coming back home to Louisiana. He knows the state, and he's going to treat this as if this is his first head coaching job. 
Another felt it was an overpay, right? The $2.5 million a year uh, contract, making him the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country. Um, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy that that is the case. $2.5 million is a lot of money uh, a year, making him the highest paid coordinator in the country. But look, if you're LSU and that's the guy that you want, you go get him. I think he's going to be good. I I do. Once again, not fully, you know, set on that. Now, the next thing, and and we've mentioned this a, a few times as well, the Louisiana Tech uh, connection. It, it is it is crazy that him and Joe Sloan. But the the next thing that I would bring up here is, man. Do we have the guys next year? That would be my question for you. Question for Todd, Logzilla, whoever the case may be. Um, whoever might be watching this right now. Do you feel comfortable with the personnel we have now to step in and be what needs to be a solid SEC front next season. You let me know in the chat right now if you think the personnel that we have is good enough. Because I do want to talk about one player. It is Mason Smith. Now, if we do get to a hundo and super chats, we gave out a Mason card last week. Let's give out another. This is one of his rookie cards uh, right here. Blue Wave. Tops. Refractor right here. Okay. I think Mick won our Mason Smith card next last week. So there you go. If we get to a hundos and supers, uh, we'll give that out tonight. I did find it interesting that Sherman Wilson did tweet out a photo of Mason Smith. And does that mean Mason Smith is coming back? What do we what do we know? Is this a, a situation where Mason Smith could be the difference maker up the middle for us? Okay. I could see Mason Smith on a high after two ridiculously good games versus Texas A&M and Wisconsin saying, look, I'm back to my normal self. I'm ready to make that jump to the NFL. I'm three years into my career. Makai Wingo is three years into his career. He decided to go. This is what I would say if Mason Smith was watching this right now. Okay. There was another five-star defensive tackle who at LSU didn't have that one breakout season. And he had a lot of hype. And he was incredibly explosive. He was also a five-star out of South Louisiana, and his name was Anthony Freak Johnson, okay? Like Brian Thomas. Uh, I said Brian Thomas. Brian Turner right at the same time. And Anthony Freak Johnson was ridiculous coming out of high school. Yeah, that's why they called him Freak. I mean, he was a good player at LSU. Never quite became... Elite, elite, even though he did get one all-SEC nod, okay? 
Well, he went to the NFL too early. And I don't really think he ever made an NFL roster. I think he's had a few stints with like XFL and USFL teams. He was a good player, right? But he went to the NFL a little too early. And it cost him. He needed another year. Um, Malachi Dupree, another player um, who, who left a little too early. And Dupree was actually a really good starting level SEC receiver. He had two 40-yard, 40-reception uh, seasons. The difference is those guys don't have NIL deals. All right? And Mason Smith coming back would be so gigantic for this defense. Okay? We started figuring out that on passing downs, we need to put him over the center every single time. When we did that, we were unreal. And for those that watched the film study, okay, type Y for yes, type in for no if you watched a film study from earlier today. The film study showed that one of the final sacks versus Wisconsin, Madhouse did not have us lined up correctly. But it didn't matter because Mason Smith was ready to go at the snap, and he made a play when we really needed it, okay? So I think if Mason Smith goes to the NFL now, he'll still get drafted. He'll probably get a fourth or fifth round uh, pick. But you're going to have to compete against Wingo and Jefferson and all the other defensive tackles next season. Who knows? You could be a first-round pick. You could be the next Kalaja Kansi. Okay? So, I, I I I think Mason is seriously considering it. And I think that's one of the first things Blake Baker is trying to do. Okay? Because we are thin at defensive tackle. All right? Right now, Jacoby and Guillory is one of the few guys that, that we have. You know, Ty G. Hill has already found a new home. And he played some towards the end of the season. Or at least I think Ty Geo has a new home. I think Fitzgerald West um, is gone. Bryce Langston is gone. Guys that just never really got it going. Now, this defensive line class that LSU has coming in, Sean Washington is a JUCO guy. They're expecting him to play right away. Maybe Jalen Lee. I, I, don't, I don't think I've even seen Jalen Lee dressed out uh, recently. I don't know. I, I've I've not really. It's kind of hard to see who all dresses out and who doesn't. But Mason Smith coming back would be so huge. It really, really, really would. Now, I know a lot of you want to know about Blake Baker's staff and who could come in. One thing I've learned is when I do the assistant coach thing, it number one. Tanks my numbers. It it, it just does. I, I, people just don't really care too much about the assistant coach search. I don't know why that's the case. I, I would think the opposite. They do care about coordinator searches, as our numbers have shown. The second thing about assistant jobs is it's so volatile, right? Like assistant coaches, it, it's such a volatile job. Uh, you're you're moving uh, almost every other year. It's tough, right? It's a lot of guessing. I know tonight 
as I have been for the last five months, Corey Raymond chatter, Bo Davis chatter. I I think Corey Raymond out of those two is just a far more plausible uh, guy. Bo Davis never really made a whole lot of sense to me. And look, could it still happen? It could. Okay. But it it would that would be very expensive. It would be very, very expensive to, to get that done. And for good reason. He makes a million dollars a year. Um but the guy that's – the name that, that keeps getting popped up here is Kevin Peoples, the defensive line coach uh, at Missouri. And I would love it. I mean, I think Missouri's defensive line has played really well. And look, I, I, if you actually go back and look at the Missouri game, sure, there were some busts, but we really had to earn and work for what we had to get, okay? So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Taiji State Taiji Hill is Oregon State now. Good for him. Good for him. Did he get a few pointers from Omar Spates? Good to see uh LA Mom. I think we see the Master Blaster. Good to see you. Todd's, Todd's praying for a Makai Wingo comeback. There you go. Todd, I'm still waiting. You say you're going to get some merch, man. I still got your Chris Jackson cards all, all locked up, ready to go here. Um, Snafu, welcome to the channel. Good to see you. Playoff Lenny, playing for the Bills. Good for them. All right. Next thing I, I I'll bring up here. Is you know I'm here for LSU football, but I did get a few um, text before uh, tonight's live stream from normal viewers of the channel. I don't know if they're in here or not about the Saints, and I'll touch on this. They had the worst playoff luck. I swear, dude. There, there's no team that has had the playoff luck like the Saints, whether it's losing in the playoffs or barely missing out on the playoffs. Um, it's 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 mind-blowing to me how unlucky the Saints get. Mind-blowing. And it happened again today. Just needed the measly Bears to beat the Packers. They couldn't get it done. But like we mentioned earlier, a lot of good news LSU men's basketball. That was a big shocker this weekend. I felt pretty good about Blake Baker. I felt pretty good about Bryce Underwood. I felt pretty good, even though I like the Ole Miss women's coach, uh, McLuhan. Is that how you say uh, her name? Really good coach. You go on the road. That's an environment where South Carolina almost lost last year versus Ole Miss. And Michaela Williams, sports center top 10, the crossover of the century. Uh, I'll show you to you here. I, I we got to show some love to former PHL guest Michaela Williams. So this is crazy. Okay, we're giving this out tonight. I showed you this right here, Mason Smith, and y'all. If you haven't seen it yet, she's a baller. Woo! 
She's a ball. Look at look at the guy on the front row. Do y'all see that? Ha 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 That is a thing of beauty. You go, Michaela. I love it. I freaking love it. Oh, man, that is so good. That is so good. I must call. <laughs> I could have seen him. He looks like a guy that has a pager. He... He pulls out his Blackberry. I like the report of murder. Get the caution tape out. Get the chalk outline out. That is so good, man. That's good. That's good. NFL's great. I don't know what you're talking about, man. NFL's awesome. Playoffs are going to be crazy. Her ceiling three was beautiful executed. Mm. Let's go to Danny Girl. 24 and 2025 recruiting class are out there recruiting their own selves. They are fire. They are on fire. And that is true. The 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 Saints also needed the the the, the Cardinals to win and they choked. Um yeah, so let, let's talk a little bit about the the players recruiting for the classes. I, I want to single out two young men in particular, and obviously there are plenty others who, who deserve credit for recruiting. Obviously, Colin Hurley, you guys know him and all the promotion he's done for LSU. But DeCorian Moore is a big reason why Bryce Underwood committed to LSU. The five-star receiver recruiting uh, DeCorian Moore and, and Harlan Berry. And then, of course, Keelan Moses uh, for the class of 2025. Um, what a player. Uh, Keelan Moses is what a leader, and that's obviously a good thing, right? And your best when your recruits are doing a lot of the recruiting, it could be more effective than the actual recruiters. Uh, so obviously, that is huge, huge, okay? Yeah, LSU was 11 and a half point underdogs at Texas AM. That's crazy, but. You know, obviously for the 2025 crop, it's going to be legendary. And this could be the first number one class at LSU in a while, okay? Um, it is shaping up really nicely. It is shaping up really nicely. So obviously LSU is number one right now. Locked down the state of Louisiana. And there you go. Now, this is a super chat I love. Anytime we get a chance to talk about the EA Sports video games, there you go. So, 
this is what I would ask you guys. All right, so some of you are gamers. I know Cliff, um, I already know what he's going to say. I'm thinking about getting a PS5. I'm, th- I'm thinking about that because if, if I get it, there's more things you can do on a PS5, but I kind of need a gaming system to play EA Sports or can I play on my laptop? I don't know. Do I need a gaming system in order for me to to play the video game? I think I have to, right? So I kind of want to get a PS5 just so I can play the game again. But Tony says, Carter, EA is bringing back the college football game. Do you think the 2019 team will be on there? Yes, I do. Uh, There will be some kind of mode for you to play as legendary teams. If not, there's going to be some way you can upload the rosters and um, and that way you you can you can do that. All right. Um, but yeah, I kind of want to do some gaming content. I miss playing video games. Now, ironically, I wasn't really good at the college football one. My favorite one was FIFA. I freaking love FIFA. But you know, it's just the European soccer side of me. Shout out Liverpool to uh, two nil victory today over Arsenal. Always good to take one away from the Gunners. FA Cup, but it still counts. But I that's that I, I'm asking the same question. Do you really? Gino says Xbox is a better community. Hmm. So I'm, I might I might be joining the PS5. If someone has a, an extra console that they're not using, let me know. Because I'm definitely going to want to play the EA Sports college football game. Plus the kids in the neighborhood want me to play it, want me to game against them. But they do all the Fortnite stuff like that. I don't know if I could do that. Um, so there you go. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think it'll I think it'll be on there. All right. Let's go to Danny Girl. How do you how do I not own a gaming console? I do not know any male between the ages of 12 and 48 that do not. Yeah, that's a good question, Danny. Because growing up, I played a lot of video games. I loved video games growing up. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Like uh when I go to Cliff's house, I um that's what he does. He likes the game, he does the hockey game a lot. PS5 just looks better. See, I actually played more Xbox than I did PlayStations growing up. Okay. Let's see. Oh, about Missouri fans. Let's see. Let's go to Kevin. Everybody, welcome Kevin to the channel. Fire breathing dragons. I don't know what this dragon is from, but it's a dragon, so that's cool. Why do so many folks from Mizzou think their program is on the same level with LSU? I heard a few of their podcasts are speaking total disbelief when Blake Baker left. Well, this is why they feel this way. Okay. Um, They feel this way because they just had one of the better years in the SEC and one of the better years in college football. I mean, they'll finish the season comfortably in the top 10, and rightfully so. They were a really good team this year. You look at their two losses, their two losses came against two all-time greats, right? You lost to 
this Georgia dynasty run, and you also lost to Jaden Daniels. They were excellent, but this is one year. Can they run it back next year with no uh, Schrader? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, but I do think their program has the ability to maintain this, even with Texas and Oklahoma joining, even though they don't recruit near to the same level as those schools, they do have some, like, for instance, like I, I don't think Arkansas has any chance. I think a school like Vanderbilt, of course, doesn't have any chance. I think a school like Kentucky is going to get swallowed alive. I think Missouri is a little bit different because of the, the metro areas around the program, but you know, Blake Baker knows what LSU has, and he knows Missouri probably maxed out this past season. So it's uh, it, 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 it's important. Chris says, I do not own a gaming system. It's wild. Absolutely wild. Let's see. Keelan Moses tweeted out, y'all won't believe who's next. At, I'm guessing that could be Terry Bussey. It'd be a wide variety of people. And as Cliff points out, a lot of times it's the wife. The wife is the deciding factor of a recruitment. Just how it works. Okay. When you when when you go to LSU, play soccer at LSU, and your family's from that area, it makes your life a lot easier, right? Um, and this is – so, Clint, I, I can play the EA Sports game on my computer? I could do that? Maybe D. really and I could share a console. Cliff, I, I – or, or Sibs, I won't say that she made him – Make the move. But sometimes the move kind of makes itself if uh if that makes sense, right? Um you know that's that's what really stands out to me. You for instance, I, I think that's what happened with um, – what's his name? Notre Dame head coach, Marcus Freeman. I, I, I think his wife played, played a huge role in him not coming to LSU, and it worked out for him. Obviously, it worked out the best for him. Uh, and that has nothing to do with, with, 
with him. That has everything to do with Ed Orgeron, right? Ed Orgeron ended up being, you know, the guy who changed his career, but in a way he never thought he could imagine. So, yeah, I mean, there are so many what ifs of coaching moves or free agent moves that that wives have allegedly decided. So it's crazy. Let's go to Cody. He says, great film breakdown on Underwood for us normies. Thanks for the work. Huh? 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 So here's a funny thing about my film says. I always say this, okay? And I shared this this week. So just to give you a timeline of how crazy this week was, okay? This was one of the biggest weekends we have ever had on PHL. We had the Blake Baker announcement where we almost hit 1,000 people for a live stream. I don't think we've ever gotten over 900. A thousand people watching me on one time. It's crazy. Then we had the Bryce Underwood release and Bryce Underwood's that, that video is might set more PHO records, right? I spent a good bit of time on the Bryce Underwood breakdown. Any film study that I do. Of course, you know, I, I would say that I have like a decent amount of football knowledge, but Earlier this week, I had a guy who actually calls plays for a living. He's coached professionally in, in Europe for a long time now. And um, his lifelong friend of mine, he came to Arkansas, and um, we sat and we, we watched a ton of tape. He showed me a lot of his offense, and and I gave him a few thoughts on, on his offense and, and stuff like that, and it was cool. And, you know, Coaches have such a you know different level of knowledge than most of us. Uh, so when I do my film breakdowns, I don't I, I'm not a coach. I always try to let that be known, but I try and break it down the best I possibly can. And what I simply do is ask myself the question: How many replacement level players can make this play? Okay, and if the answer to that question is not many then you are doing something special, okay? That's why oftentimes you'll see me highlight the best play from a player being an incompletion. And like for the Bryce Underwood film study, and Cody, you know this because you watched it, I actually took a throw from Bryce Underwood's worst high school game, which was the state championship game this past year. And that was the best throw I saw on his tape. When you factor in the time, the situation, the pressure, the way that he layered that throw was crazy. It was just a receiver tripped, and it still would have been a difficult catch. And if you want to see what I'm talking about, go to the Bryce Underwood film study. You could see it for yourself. It's at the end. And the fact that he was able to even see that throw is crazy. And the fact that he is younger on – um, the recruiting spectrum is crazy. So his film is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Are there some things that I saw? Yeah, of course. You always see things that high school kids can improve on. But you you would also be shocked at how often you can turn on uh, a four or five star player's film and you say, well, is this guy really deserving of this? recruiting ranking and with Bryce Underwood it's like yeah this guy this guy is something okay so it's um it's crazy 
it's absolutely crazy. Cody, I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing it. Uh, I know Cody shared it with all his friends, and I appreciate your support. And I, uh, we got to talk football cards soon. We do. Mick says, I still think Colin is going to be the better quarterback in college. Colin Hurley over Bryce Underwood. It could happen. The Colin, Colin Hurley is going to be um, a, a really good college quarterback. Whether that's at LSU, you know, we'll see. You know, that's the good thing about quarterback competition. The best man will win more often than not. And the good thing if you are a college quarterback is if it doesn't work out at the first school, it oftentimes will work out at the second. But that's not always the case. So it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. There's Cliff. He says, please, for the love of God, tell these kids to stop saying the University of Louisiana State University. Yeah, it, it, it is crazy. <laughs> huh? 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 But then again, they're nervous. I mean, like, it's it's crazy. And I always come back to this with the um, the high school announcement, okay, whether it's Bryce Underwood or whoever it may be. The high school announcement of recruits is such a big deal when it comes to sports media. And when, when I, what I mean by that is how many views it gets, how many hits it gets, how many website clicks, Twitter, Instagram follows. It is a dopamine hit unlike anything else you will receive in your lifetime. And you really have to be a phenomenal college player to – um, reach that level, right? Let's take the offensive tackle that just committed to Colorado on FS1 on Undisputed. How many guests does Undisputed even have? Hardly ever. So for them to have somebody come to their studio, especially a 17, 18-year-old offensive lineman, they don't even ever talk about offensive lineman on the show. That shows you how many clicks, hits, views that recruiting announcements get. And the recruits know this, right? So I I get fumbling the university thing. It 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 happens. It happens. But it would be nice. Uh, I'm committing to Louisiana State University. Or I'm committing to LSU. But as long as I get the commitment, I I I can I I they they could say I'm committing to uh the school that has a, a tiger on campus or I'm committing to uh, whatever. But that's a lot of thing is he is uh, to, to James's point here. He is on the younger side. Okay. Now, why does that matter? Why do I bring that up? If there's something you could take away from this from, from tonight is and this is obviously a, a, a deeper cut. Your age matters so much in everything when it comes to your peers. All right. So there have been so many studies done on this, and it's in every walk of life. It's in academics. It's in athletics. Uh, it's in business. It's in college admissions, so on and so on. If you are one of the older people in your class, you have a leg up on everyone 
you just do. So when somebody younger is already dominating, so think about like Bryce Underwood, he won a freshman state championship um, in Michigan, won a sophomore state championship in Michigan, only lost one game as a junior and is can't miss five-star recruit. And he could be a 2026 guy, but he's a 2025 guy. That's ridiculous. Like it is, it's so hard to do that. Okay. And like, it's, 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 it's really, really, really hard. And there's different podcasts you can listen to, to, to that point. It's a really good point uh, by, by, by James. Okay. Gino, you don't know that, man. You really don't know that. Because, Gino, a few years ago, okay, I think Bryce Underwood is really special. But I felt the same way about Walker Howard. Now, Walker Howard isn't as good as Bryce Underwood. He's just not as a prospect. So it's not quite the same thing. But Walker Howard's tape was really good coming out of high school. And I still think he's going to be a really good SEC player. And... We did polls on here. Who do you think would be a better quarterback? Would it be Garrett Nussbaum or Walker Howard? Walker Howard would win the polls comfortably. Okay. And Garrett Nussmeyer just beat him out. He is a better quarterback than Walker Howard. Okay. Um, now, we don't know if Walker Howard will end up having a better career uh, than Garrett Nussmeyer. But at this point, uh, Garrett is an SEC starter caliber quarterback with the potential to be even better than that the potential to be an NFL draft pick next year and what should be a weaker NFL draft quarterback class so it's um we, we don't you don't know I mean we're, we're actually poetic about about Bryce Underwood it's hard it's really 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 hard um to, to win a starter shot okay Let's get a few more in here. Michael has been at every live stream. Good to see you. Is it fair to say the focus will be on DL and LB in the portal? Maybe another DB addition. So LSU has brought in a lot of DBs via the portal. And uh, let me see. There is one position, I think, from the portal that could be a little interesting in the next couple of months. 
But first. PHL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season. And I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I, I think linebacker could get interesting in the portal, okay? For this reason. Do I think LSU wants to bring in a transfer portal linebacker, maybe, okay? That position has really, really hurt LSU these past couple of seasons, okay? Let's see Michael with the follow-up here. Thank you for your super chat, and I appreciate your support, man. Spring portal is opening, and you get to make decisions for BK during that time. What am I getting done? Okay. So the first thing I would do, Michael, if I was in Brian Kelly, uh, Brian Kelly's position is in order to get one of the better players out of the portal, you have to pay. Y- you just do. Okay. That might not be something that LSU wants to do, but you, 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 you have to get, if you want to get someone that is truly elite at a position, you, j- you just got to pay. Um, and I'm sure the guys that they've already brought in are, are, are getting, something um even if they're not getting something they're getting the opportunity to play at lsu but a proven producer probably needs to get paid now what is that number i i don't know i really don't um but i i would get the best possible linebacker out of the portal Okay, now this is why that th- this concerns me, Michael. Is there is no position? Okay, no position that has hurt them more in the portal than linebacker. Okay, this has been the case for multiple years in a row now. All right. So Jabril Cox came in. Jabril Cox, really good linebacker at LSU. Couldn't defend the run, but he was excellent versus a pass. Okay. Then you brought in Bug Strong. Who remembers that? He was one of the big Juco backers. Not good. Okay. System wasn't really a fit. System sucked for linebackers. Then you brought in Mike Jones. Mike Jones was a captain and... He was a great interview, awesome guy all around, good special teamer, but it just didn't work out for whatever reason. You know, he was just out of the rotation in a few weeks. And then, obviously, you had um, Omar Spates this past season. So, portal linebackers have just been a, a disaster, if we're, if we're being honest. So, you, you look at the, the, the best backers we've had. I would say Greg Penn was LSU's best backer this this year, but he struggled. And obviously, the years prior, Micah Baskerville was our best linebacker. Demon Clark, Mixon, uh, as well, but that was a few years ago. 
So it's it's tough. It's it's really 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 tough. Okay. But I would I would like to get a portal backer. One thing I I, I do think that w- would help this defense is someone stepping up as a bona fide backer, right? Is that Whit Weeks? I think so. I think Whit Weeks is going to take a huge jump going into next season. I do think though w- one fascinating small nugget I would I would like to share is. You know, we go through like these periods where this position is no longer valued or this position is extinct, and then they have a comeback. Like, you know, everything became about the spread, spread, spread. But, you know, some of the best offenses in the NFL use fullbacks, H-backs, two tight end sets, right? And on defense, one position that had been devalued is off-ball linebackers. Well, who are the best teams in the NFL right now? Well, it's the Ravens and the 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 49ers. They invested a lot of money into the on-ball linebacker position. And Patrick Queen, of course, is going to a Pro Bowl. Um, so, you know, we've really struggled at the off-ball linebacker spot. Really struggled. I mean, we might be a win better if we just had Micah Baskerville who was a really, really good football player for us, okay? Who cares he didn't show up for spring for whatever reason? He was really, really freaking good. And we we missed him <laughs> dearly. And he wasn't a transfer. He was a guy that, that, that just hung around the program. Okay. Maybe it's West Weeks, the younger, uh, the older brother of Weeks. Timu, let's go. Show enough. I love it. Yeah, Chris, uh, I really don't know. I, I'm serious. I really do not know. I've listened to different NIL collective people speak, but I'm never going to concrete say that this player gets this amount because it's impossible to verify that unless you quite literally are the player or you know the player, right? And I guess I potentially could ask some of the players that I know, but I kind of, I'm not the, the the biggest pocket watcher uh, in, in, in the world unless you make a gazillion dollars. Um, but still, I'm definitely not going to pocket watch college athletes unless it's like just something egregious, right? Master Blaster says, yes, at the gym in the AM. All right, buddy. We'll see you on Tuesday night. This will be the next live stream. Jared, thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate you. Okay. Let's go to Jeremiah. I think this is a question I would interest, uh, Jared. Do we have the best QB pipeline in college football right now? Yes. We do. Now, you can argue Lincoln Riley for sure. 
But, you know, he just had his five-star QB transfer to Boise, which is crazy. Um, but I would say so, Jeremiah. I would. I would. You know, I, I was looking at the um, – Richard on Facebook, good to see you. I was looking at the SEC uh, quarterbacks uh, yesterday very briefly. Okay. Um, and and this was this was so interesting to me. Okay. I think next year the SEC has a bunch of quarterbacks who are good in theory, but there is just something, right? Like, if you were to poll most college football writers and ask them, who do you think? is the best quarterback returning to the SEC next season. Most would probably say Carson Beck. Okay. That would not be my pick. I, I do think um, Carson was very underrated this year. But I, I, I honestly believe the Nico kid at Tennessee is going to be really spectacular. I really do think so. Um, but most, if, if you take out Carson Beck, and even if you keep Carson Beck in, most would say Quinn Ewers. But there's a lot of these quarterbacks like a, like a Jackson Arnold, uh, for instance, at Oklahoma, who's very interesting. Um, what about Connor Wigman coming off injury? He's also very interesting. It's 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 a weird ranking. But I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Garrett Nussmeyer here. Okay. I think it could be one of those cases where Georgia is just so good next year, and I do think they're going to be Death Star good again like they were this year. Um, I think you could see a world where Garrett Nussmeyer is the leading passer in the SEC next season, right? That sounds crazy, really, to think about. But I do think think it's plausible i really do think so um and i i was i was just trying to think to myself i was like is this really something that could happen could it really be the case where we're looking at gary nesmeyer being the leading passer in the sec next year and it's doable it is very very doable for him so i'm pumped up about that i really 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 am okay um, I'm also pumped up for this February 17th. Mark it on your calendars. Arklatech Sports Carter Memorabilia Show. It is free to attend. Tylen Singleton, Gabriel Relaford will be there. Ahmad Bro. It's it's awesome. It's going to be awesome. Okay. But this was the QB rankings that was brought up here by Saturday Down South. Okay. Quinn Ewers, Carson Beck, Jackson Dart, Jalen Milrow, someone I didn't mention a minute ago. Jackson Dart is someone I didn't mention a minute ago. Brady Cook is coming back, and he does return uh, what everyone would consider the best wide receiver in the SEC um, in Luther Burden. You have Nico Garrett, Graham Mertz, Connor Wakeman, and Jackson Arnold. I just think for me, it, it, 
it might not be that Garrett is the best on here. I just think statistically, though, his style of play will make him the passing yards leader next year in the SEC. We need some receivers to develop. I know it's a crazy thing to say. Um, with, with LSU, some will develop. But Jared sees it. I could see it too, man. I could see it too. You know, Nico is is probably my favorite quarterback on here. But I'm not sure if he has the same. Now he has a cannon. And he's a really good throw. But I'm not sure if he's the same gunslinger risk taker as Garrett Nussmeyer is. Jackson Dart's going to be really good next year, though. But, you know, Lane likes to run the football a lot. JJ's at UCF. We got a Colin Hurley and Bryce Underwood debate here. I don't know, man. And like, I, I think both of them right now, I think Bryce Underwood is definitely the better runner of the two. Um, I'm just not betting against Colin Hurley either. I mean, it, it's just hard for me to do that when, you know, he's just answered every bell at this point, you know, he, you know, this, this past year at elite 11, Colin Hurley wasn't like even one of the most hyped QBs at elite 11. It was Dylan Rayola and. Luke Kromenick and DJ Lagway and Colin Hurley, you know, made the elite 11, right? Um, it's, it's just hard for me to bet against him at, at this point. And I, I've gotten to know Colin. We, we DM on social media and, you know, it's just, it's even with that said, even with the prodigious talent that Bryce Underwood has, it's, it's hard. It's really, really, really hard. Okay. Oh, this isn't close. I and this is even taking my college affiliation away. Um, Rayola is not close to Colin Allen, Colin uh, Bryce Underwood. 
I'm not sure, Brian, if if I'm taking Dylan Rayola over Colin Hurley. Most would. Um, I wasn't a huge Rayola guy, uh, but then again, I I've not watched all their stuff just yet. I like to look at their senior tapes before I say this guy or that guy. Okay, so normally one guy just kind of stands out to me. So for this last class, it was Nico. Uh, a few classes ago, it was um, Kate Klubnik. He's not really that good. So you know, sometimes you 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 guess correctly because that's all we're doing here is guessing. Sometimes you you get it right. I think I think I would be right about Nico, but we'll see what he can do next year as a full time starter. Um, but for me, in in this class. Obviously, I am still very early in in watching all these players. The guy that stood out to me the most in this last crop of QBs, and I take the LSU guy out every time because my bias is just going to be in 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 the way. All right, but Luke Kromnick is a guy that I liked a lot. He's going to Florida State. I really liked him, and uh, I I think he will be the best quarterback in this cycle. Okay, now how does his timeline work out? It actually sets up kind of nicely because uh, DJ Uyangalale is going to be the starter at Florida State more than likely this year, and you know Kromnik is 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 probably going to take over and starting year two. I I think he's really good. I do. Um, but but we'll see. You know, quarterback evaluation is the toughest. You know, we we you try your best to weigh the intangibles. I've seen a few of you say, "Well, this guy looks to be smarter than the other." Man, I'm telling you right now, Bryce Underwood is an unfreaking real processor, right? He really is good at staying within the framework of the play. Like, that's that's why, you know, I did the Bryce Underwood film study, why Cody super chatted a little bit earlier. Um, There were some, like, situational things that I saw, like, during the course of, of, of some games that, that I watched with, uh, with Bryce Underwood. But that's, like, mistakes that a lot of high school quarterbacks make, Okay. I don't think that that's anything to really be worried about. What I'm talking about here is normally if you're a five-star athlete and you play quarterback and you are a superstar transcendent can't miss talent, what you can do is just out-athlete everybody, right? You can run around and extend a play for a gazillion hours and somebody eventually get open. But that was not that like that's what I thought initially when I was going to watch Bryce Underwood. But a lot of his throws are like like kind of NFL kind of things. Like it's how the play is designed to run, if that makes sense. So it's like he's a pocket quarterback with the running ability if he needs it. And that's how you want your quarterback to play. Right. It's it was wild. I I did not expect that because a lot of five star QBs are 
okay, I'm just going to chunk the football farther than any one of my guys can outrun you. No, there was nuanced red zone throws, throws in the corner of the end zone on a line away from the de- from the defender's body. There, there was a lot of high-level kinds of things that you just don't see high school quarterbacks have, right? Um, and it, it seemed very natural for him. It didn't seem like um, that that was a huge you know, hurdle for him. And this was mostly in his sophomore tape, right? This wasn't – this isn't a new development for him. This is stuff that he's been doing, which is even crazier. And you got to factor in that Underwood is a year younger than most of his peers. So it's 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 wild. It's absolutely wild to see that. Okay. Let's go to Fitzpatrick. Don't bet against Ricky. Yeah, Ricky Collins kind of getting slept on here, Fitzpatrick. I know, I know you you're you're gonna be pulling for him. Shout out Woodlawn. Appreciate all our uh Ricky Collins uh fans that still support the channel. Okay. Grayland says, don't sleep on Ricky Collins. His ceiling is also really high. Really good arm, really good speed. Cliff is also saying, don't forget about Ricky Collins as well. It's wild. Yeah, Richard. Yeah, sixteen. It's wild, man. It's 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 crazy. Like that. That's what it just really, really, really stood out to me. And this is also coming from someone that doesn't always agree with the can't miss quarterback. Now, of course. Is there some LSU fan speaking in me? Yeah, of course. You know, I'm always going to be. Uh, yeah, a piece of me is always going to be, well, I'm, I want this guy to succeed, so I'm thinking this guy is going to succeed. But in almost every class, there is a top 100 kid that I will see, and I'm like, and I, I don't see it. I don't know if it's going to work out. It's going to be tough. And, you know, normally normally I, I, I get that right. Uh, but, man, Bryce Arnold looks really good. And one And one more thing for the 2025s. The Corian Moore looks really good too. Like it, it, it seems like that guy is 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 something else. I understand the concern, and and this kind of you know brings in like, could you imagine an offense with the Corian Moore and Caden Durham on it? Like that is stupendous. You know, both those guys will probably play in the NFL. If they don't play in the NFL, they could run track. I mean, they are so good, and they're on the same high school football team. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. And they they won all these state championships. They played a high level in Texas. It, it's it's stupid how good those guys are. Like Decoy Moore is obscene. He is obscenely good at football. Um, a lot of Odell Beckham in this game. Obviously, not as much wiggle because there's just not really anyone that could move like Odell Beckham, but it's crazy when you watch him, you're like, okay, I could see why he says Odell is his idol. It's crazy. 
Okay. Of course, of course, Charlie. I know, I know who you like. But yeah, when it when it comes to I, I will say, like, like for, like, for instance, this, like, like Garrett Nussmeyer's high school tape, you saw a lot of, you know, throws within the framework of the offense. One of the biggest things that was really, that's been really impressive with Garrett Nussmeyer, okay, is in high school, he was, he was such a better athlete than everyone. He could just, extend every play and wait to someone just get wide open and, and and throw it. And one thing that's been very interesting about his development at LSU is his overall mastery of throwing within the framework, right? Like, so let's just take Gary Nussbier in his, his lowest moment, which was a Southern game. Okay. You know, he's getting himself in trouble, extending plays and all of that. But, what was crazy was in that Southern game, he threw a ball to Malik Neighbors that was so perfectly weighted that I was like, okay, that is so prodigious. Like, that is just crazy. And what the LSU coaches have wanted him to do was realize, hey, yeah, in high school, you had all these crazy play extensions. In college, it's not really your game, right? You're the son of a QB coach. You probably know coverages better than anyone playing collegiate football without ever starting. Let's make you more into that. And as Garrett started to play more, you began to see him as a processor just get so unfreaking believably good. And that is what really stood out to me, right? Where you 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 look at him and it it doesn't look like Anything is too big for him. You know, the Wisconsin game, even the interception, right? The interception kind of made sense. It wasn't a good throw, but it it, it kind of made sense. You know, you're less than a minute left, and you're trying to push the football. He should have thrown the football underneath the Malik. He would probably tell you that as well. But, you know, it was it was crazy how, how, how unbelievably in control he was. Going up against a, uh, a, a defensive coach, Luke Fickle, who had – Weeks to prepare for him. It's crazy. It's crazy. Fitzpatrick wants to talk about Kylan Billiot. We not talked a lot about Kylan Billiot. He's a guy that that's it's risen for me, and I would say at this point, uh, you know, LSU does have a, a lot of receivers coming into this next class. Michael Turner is one of them. Jelani Watkins is another. They're both just unreal speedsters, like elite, elite speed, both of them. Billy Yacht's a guy that's, that's moved up, and I might have Billy Yacht as my number one receiver in this crop uh, when it's all said and done, okay? Uh, but yeah, Billy, Yacht, Billy Yacht's a, a pretty good player, and uh, I, I'm liking his trajectory. Sherry, what's good? Good to see you. Sherry, just admit it. You're a little happy. Be honest, Sherry. This is a safe space. I don't know if your husband's watching or not. But 
just be honest, you're happy that Alabama's not playing tomorrow. Just be happy. Or be honest. I won't rat you out. Okay, there you go, Sherry. That's that's that's, that's my homie right there. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so national championship game tomorrow. In the next five to ten minutes, I'm going to answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you super chat, we'll keep it going. Let's see how far are we from the hundo mark. We are still a solid sixty away from giving out a Mason Smith Blue Wave rookie card. I might just give it out for the hell of it. James, you going to the game tomorrow? Let me know. I kind of, I kind of wanted to, make, I kind of wanted to drive to Houston for the game tomorrow. It would be cool to go to a national championship game, but then I keep going back. I'm like. Is this really something that moves the needle for me? It does in in a sense that I'm happy it's not Alabama, Clemson, or someone like that. Uh, I will give you my most biased take. All right. This this would be my most biased take. All right. Tomorrow I do have Michigan winning. I think they can beat you in more ways than than, than Washington can beat you. Um, but I do think I have a coaching advantage with with uh, Washington's coaches over Michigan's coaches. Um. Thanks, Cliff. I appreciate it. So now we're halfway there for the Mason Smith giveaway. I think we'll get there. I think we're going to get to a hundo. Um, this this will this will be my most biased hot take. Okay, I I have lost sleep over this because I. I've gotten to the point where I've been doing media stuff for so long. You really can't give a shit about what people think about you. You really can't. Like you really just you, – you have to focus in on what what you like to do. And if sometimes a take comes off as too biased, then so be it. Okay? But at this point, if I were an NFL GM and I had to choose between Malik Neighbors and Marvin Harrison, I am picking Malik Neighbors. I'm doing it. I I can't. I I've I've thought about this for forever. Okay, and I kept trying to say to myself, 
Carter, you're, you're, you're going against consensus. Marvin Harrison has been the guy. He is going to be the best wide receiver prospect since Jamar Chase. And I get that. And Marvin Harrison is a prodigious talent. And he was sensational this year. And he didn't have as good quarterback play as Malik Neighbors. But Malik's neighbors' numbers were just so much better. And for me, Malik Neighbors is my number one NFL prospect, period, right now. Okay. I I don't know. I, I keep going back to this. When I watch Malik Neighbors, I I see CD Lamb. Like I just think that they are so alike, right? And you know, CeeDee Lamb's been what the, the best NFL wide receiver this year. I mean, you could make it's either Tyreek or whoever. Uh it's hard for me to 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 go against Malik Neighbors because I, I keep going back to this. If I think Malik Neighbors is the best wide receiver to ever play at LSU, once again, that's not me saying that he's a better pro prospect than Jamar Chase. How can I go against him? You know, it's it's crazy. But Marvin Harrison is is really elite. Like, I really sat down and watched him this year, and the Penn State game was probably the best game from any wide receiver this year. It really was that good. Um, but those guys are my number one and number two prospects in this NFL draft. Okay. But that might be my most biased LSU take. Malik Neighbors over Mar- Marvin Harrison. Okay. And guess what? I'm fine with that. I wanted to um I, w- I wanted to get to this though. And this is actually bad by me. All right. You know we I actually wanted to start the live stream. It's what the title of the video says. I might have to change the title of the video. Um, could Bryce Underwood start in 2025? That would be his true freshman season. There's a lot going against him when it comes to that because there's never been a quarterback at LSU historically who has started and become the full-time starter in year one or year two that has succeeded or has been a high-level starter. Every single starting quarterback at LSU who has been successful became the full-time starter year three or later. So year three, year four, year five, okay? So if that's the case, you don't want a true freshman starting at quarterback. You, you just don't. But if Garrett Nussmeyer lights it up this season, the next year's NFL quarterback draft class is tricky. It's It's very, very tricky. And the reason why that's the case is because there is no massive 
year three NFL quarterback next year, right? So basically the class of 2022 quarterbacks, right, have mostly been duds up to this point. So Garrett might have a stronger NFL market next year than you would think. It's also going to be a weird year because the two guys that will go in with a lot of NFL hype are true pocket guys, right? Quinn Ewers and Carson Beck going into this next season. Does Jalen Milrow gain some hype next year? I don't know. All right. Shador Sanders is someone else. Um, it's it's a tough it's a tough NFL class. There's no like Drake May or Caleb Williams. So Garrett Nussmeyer might have a little bit more of an NFL market than than we think. And let's say he does elect to test that market. I think at this point, Garrett Nussmeyer is coming back for his final two years. So he has two years to play two here. And he will be the starter next year. He he could. He very well could make that leap. He very well could. Um, and, and if that were to happen, it would it would open up a quarterback race. Between AJ Swan, Ricky Collins, Colin Hurley, and Bryce Underwood. That's a good point, Jared. That's a good point. Carvis, you stick with your prediction at the beginning of the season. What's up with all the Drake May hype? Uh, now have you watched him? I mean, he's he's really freaking good. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've watched him. I mean, he is he he is he's got traits. I mean, he can run, he can throw. His arm is ridiculous. Carver said he had Michigan versus FSU, though. That should have been what you had, what you should have had in the the Rose Bowl. I still think healthy um, Jordan Travis, Florida State wins it all. I really do think so. That's if Georgia isn't in it. Okay. If Georgia, if Georgia was in the playoff, they win it. They're the best team. And it's not just the fact that they blew Florida State out 63 to 3. Kirby Smart is the best coach. He's he's got the best players. They would have won it. But Alabama beat them by three in the SEC championship game. And Nick just put Kirby in a locker. I mean, it's just basically it. Um Nick just has his number outside of the one national championship game. And, um, you know, Nick's just had him. But Kirby is special, and and he's been there, and I think Georgia would have three-peated if Alabama didn't win. Charlie's getting my hotel right now, man. For the Vegas trip.
Yeah, that final play, the Dennis Allen play. Okay. I gave a very popular, unpopular opinion a minute ago. Malik Neighbors over Marlon Harrison. I'm going to give you an unpopular, popular opinion. What the Saints did earlier today is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And I am one of the people that will bang the table and say, if you don't want people to talk trash, go out there and stop them. Okay, so so for those that don't know, the Saints were in a blowout victory versus the Falcons. Okay, what they did today crossed the line. You can't get in victory formation. Now, for me, as a Saints fan going up against the Falcons, I find it hilarious. But you can't get in victory formation and hand the football off. You you just can't do that. And that's what the Saints did today, essentially, on the goal line. Because Jamal Williams didn't have a touchdown all season, and they wanted to get him one. Okay? Once again, I found it hilarious. I think it's great for the NFL because the Falcons-Saints rivalry is one of the best things. But I'm glad it happened for this reason. That showed you Dennis Allen's incompetency at a high level. That Jameis Winston would go against the coach's wishes to get Jamal Williams that touchdown. And Dennis Allen handled that horribly in the post-game press conference. And that's all I would say about that. You now the, the whole situation was, was just a cluster. But if it's victory formation, you can't run a trick play at a victory formation of 30. You can't. All right. And I hate Arthur Smith as a guy who had B. John Robinson in one high stakes fantasy league. I hate I hate Arthur Smith so much. I think he's I think he's just that he's horrible, horrible coach. He had a right to, to to be angry about that. Okay. Tickets will be hard for what? The Vegas game? So, yeah, James, for me, it is F the Falcons all day, all right? But in victory formation, victory formation, victory formation. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, if Georgia was in, they roll. I do think if Florida State was in with healthy Jordan Travis, they would have won the playoff. Okay. So, that'll do it for me. We did not get to the hundo mark tonight. But that's okay. We'll get this out on Tuesday. It's all good. I'm kidding. I want to give it out tonight. Let's see. Who am I? Giving this out to you tonight. 
let's uh let's go with Cliff. Why not? My cuzzo. Gave one out, gave a Mason out to Mick last week. I gave one to Cliff. Kevin's a first timer. Welcome. We'll see you Tuesday night, Kevin. Please go sign up for my Patreon. I put a lot of work in those Patreon videos. You get access to my Discord. You get to chat with me one-on-one. Go sign up. You get my Garrett Nussmeyer All-22 Breakdown versus Wisconsin. Sign up now. Okay? And we got a ton of giveaways. All right? Appreciate you. All our Super Chatters tonight. Cliff, J-Red, Michael, Cody, the Master Blaster, and Trey got us going a little bit earlier. Historic weekend for PHL, y'all. I really appreciate you. But here's the key. Okay. Simply, why'd you get kicked out of the Discord? What do you mean you got kicked out? I didn't didn't kick you out. What happened? Was it something I did? Oh, JSB, you're in there. I see you. I see you, big dog. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. It is power hour LSU boom. And tonight, what are we doing? Oh, we're doing steaks. Let's go. Let's go.